the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, and The Beatles, I Want to Hold Your Hand. This was one of the five songs in the top 100 in 1964 that The Beatles had. I, I believe it was some uh, earlier this week, The Beatles released uh, their first album, whatever it was, 1964, and they had five hits in the top 100 over the course of... Of the year of 1964. I want to hold your hand. She loves you. Please please me. I saw her standing there. Twist and shout. Unbelievable. Uh, and if you're a Beatles fan, uh, that's remarkable. And for musicians, that's just a pretty amazing thing. Listen, I tell you about all the places where you can follow me and this and that. But I do that every week. And by now you should know. We've been doing this show for quite some time now. Um, so... You should know where, where you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and all that other good stuff. Uh, coming up in 20, in, in actually in 10 minutes, John Flatung of the new Coastal Brew Works is going to join me from Bradley Brew Project. We, we actually taped the interview on Thursday at Bradley Brew. Uh, the brewery is going to be located in Monmouth County, Coastal Brew Works. They're hoping to have the place open this year. They're going to get the beers out as soon as they can, um, sort of along the lines of what Ross Brewing has done. They've gotten their beers out there. They're getting the tap room uh, going and uh, we'll get all the details from John and a lot more coming up uh, in just about 10 minutes from now. But we have a lot of news to get to, so let's dive right into it. Uh, from Firestone Walker, the iconic barrel-aged stout is back. A few new twists as well. They've released a 2022 vintage of Parabola along with a small batch variant called Paraboloid. Interesting. Parabola, one of the most anticipated beers. I love this beer. It's one of my favorites from Firestone Walker. It's released, released each year in limited quantities, renowned for their, its big, boozy, and balanced intensity. Um, it is rolling out to all Firestone Walker markets in individually boxed 12-ounce bottles. Parabola 2022 and Paraboloid are both available at their three brewery locations in California and at their online store for a limited time. Um, the latest, latest vintage of Parabola aged for a year in 12-year-old Heaven Hill bourbon barrels for the first time ever. But it's also joined by Paraboloid. It's a limited small batch variant aged in an equal selection of rare older stock barrels from premium spirits producers, specifically 14-year-old Old Fitzgerald bourbon barrels and 18-year-old Cesaric rye whiskey barrels. These barrels complemented Parabola's classic flavor profile by imparting hints of stone fruits, fudge, leather, and peppery spice. Additionally, the beer was aged for a full two years prior to blending and bottling limited quantities of Paraboloid are available at their online store and their three brewery locations. It will not be made. Um, it will not be made available for distribution nationwide. Uh, I missed out on Parabola last year. I've got to get myself a bottle of Parabola this year. I love that beer. It's fantastic. Keeping it in in uh, Southern California now. Um, as we head down to San Diego and Alesmith Brewing, they've joined forces 
With Pizza Port Brewing, they've released Beach Run. It's a double dry-hopped West Coast-style IPA. Uh, it is uh, available throughout this month in 16-ounce can four-packs, available at the select distributors nationwide, and plus it's on draft at Ale Smith's Tasting Room in San Diego. It is a 6.9% ABV. Our friends at Elementary, they have released Road Trip. Uh, they put this out on February 11th. Uh, it is available now. It is uh, it's basically it's a West Coast-style IPA, uh, resinous pine, ripe citrus, luscious tropical fruits, it sips an easy 8.5% ABV. It's available on draft and in 16-ounce four-packs in their tap room, as well as select retail partner locations. So kudos to the guys from Almentry. Got to get over there again. There's a whole little trail that I need to get to. And uh, Almentry is, is certainly one of those breweries in North Jersey that I need to hit up. Dogfish Head is releasing a spring-themed variety 12-pack of 12-ounce cans. It is available now at Dogfish Head Coastal Delaware locations. Uh, the spring variety pack is going to have 60-minute IPA, Sequench Ale, Namaste, three cans each, and the variety pack exclusive Festina Pesce, a 4.5% uh, uber-refreshing Neo-Berlinire Weiss. Uh, it is uh, a fresh peach, full fruit-forward session sour. It is a, a really good beer. I've had it. It's delicious, but it is exclusive uh, to this 12-pack, which is really, really cool. Uh, and Sam Calagione, a Dogfish Head's founder, had said, look, we heard from people they wanted this beer, so they put this beer in the 12-pack. Again, three cans of that along with 60-minute IPA Sequench and Namaste. Sequench is a fantastic session sour as well. Uh, it is definitely something that you can enjoy. Light and refreshing, but the Festina Pesce, another one of those sours that is um, full-bodied, uh, delicious, and really has that... Um, that peach taste that people are looking for. So kudos uh, to the guys from Dogfish Head. A Philadelphia-area vodka maker, listen to this, offering customers a gift card if they bring in a Ben Simmons 76ers jersey. Stateside Vodka announced they would provide a $25 gift card to anyone bringing in a jersey of the former 76ers player who was recently traded to the Brooklyn Nets. The company says the jerseys will be collected and given to a shelter in Brooklyn called the Kensington to help clothe the needy. Stateside Vodka says the gift card promotion Good through February 28th. Weldworks excited to announce the opening of the Annex, the Greeley Taproom's in-house chef-driven eatery. Uh, that'll take place uh, tomorrow, Monday, February 21st. It's led by industry veteran chef Tim Medore. Uh, the Annex will feature locally and seasonally inspired small plates that blend classic techniques and innovative flavor combines. They're going to have uh, Spanish calamari with romesco sauce, a pork belly steamed buns, uh, create a, a double cheeseburger, uh, according to the chef, that will take you right back to your favorite neighborhood diner from childhood. Um, they'll have a rotating tap list uh, from uh, Weldworks, um, an ever-changing, evolving, and expertly paired uh, with the current beer menu. The food will match up with the beer, which is really cool. Eatery will be open Monday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., Sunday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. For more information about the Annex in Colorado, annex.weldworks.com. The other big news out of California, though, is Modern Times. Uh, apparently, Modern Times uh, confirmed earlier this week due to financial issues they are closing four of their uh, locations. They're closing Portland, Oakland, Santa Barbara, and their Los Angeles locations. They will continue to stay open in Point Loma, North Park, and Cetus, and Anaheim. They'll remain open, but they are basically going to be leaner and meaner. Uh, essentially, in their statement, and you can read it on their Instagram page, Modern Times overextended themselves. They um, expanded too quickly. They didn't have the personnel in place 
They spent a lot of money, uh, some would say foolishly. Um, they had some internal problems uh, with the Me Too movement and um, you know some issues there that they had to address. And they brought in new people uh, to look over the books. And it turns out that uh, their financial issues were much more dire than they had led people to believe. A lot of people here are going to be losing their jobs. They're not going to be able to, to, to hang on to everybody. And that's a shame. And that's the, the trap that, that some of these breweries are led to believe. Modern times are, you know, are led to. Modern times make some great beer. But I do think that they overextended themselves by pushing so far out to other places. You can find modern times in New York and New Jersey. The beer is not exactly super fresh. It's coming from across the country. And sometimes it's getting on the shelves, you know, way later than it should. And people are saying, oh, this is, what am I going to go to California for? That's a problem. So I hope that Modern Times takes this lesson, kind of refocuses a little bit, concentrate on the locations that are making you the most money and getting things forward. And eventually, if you want to push back out again, you can. But I think they did it too fast, thinking that they were going to grab that brass ring and run with it, and it kind of backfired on them. And that's a shame. Finally, a great event. If you're, if you're looking to take part in something and you want to do it in your home, um, the folks from the New York State uh, Brewers Association – uh, which, which you can find, thinknydrinkny.com. They're doing a virtual tasting experience presented by Halftime Beverages. Suarez, Threes, and Drownlands are going to be taking part in this. That's the breweries. It's Saturday, March 5th from 4 to 6.30 p.m. You can do it at your home. You have to get the order in very soon. You're going to get uh, premium craft beer from three New York State breweries. You're going to get two styles from each brewery, one can per style for tasting during the event, two additional styles from each brewery, one can per style for enjoyment, before or after the event at your leisure. And then you're going to get a selection of food, all made in New York. Cheese, salami, chocolate, uh, oil from Hot Crispy Oil. You're going to get branded tasting glasses, tasting cards, stickers, all kinds of stuff. The tickets are 185 bucks. They ship the beer directly to your home. You get on a Zoom meeting. Uh, you get to see all three of these breweries. You get to ask questions. It's a lot of fun. I've done it before. It's tremendous. But you got to get your order in soon because they're going to be shipping this week. So you definitely want to take advantage of that. ThinkNYDrinkNY.com. For more information, click on Festivals, and you'll get the information right there. Now, to wrap up the segment here, and I know I'm blowing through a lot of things here, and I need a little bit of time here, but the flagship event last week uh, with True Love, uh, the release of True Love, and uh, the uh, Kill Van Cull Company, trading company, and off with there, was an enormous success. Um, my best friend's niece... Had a great time, sold a lot of goods. The beer, True Love, we'll review it during Suds and Duds, was excellent. If you like something that is light in alcohol uh, but gives you that little bit of that bitter bite that an IPA usually does, you will really enjoy this beer. I had such a good time. The the band, not so much. They needed a little improvement. (laughs) That's just me, my own personal opinion. Uh, But Jay Sykes and his crew put on a fantastic event. Uh, it was an enjoyable time. I am so happy that I was able to go, and it was nice to be able. Actually, that was the first time I was at Flagship where I was actually able to take part in an event for Flagship. I'd never been there for anything before, and they really uh, knocked it out of the park. It was great. I am so glad that my best friend's niece uh, had a wonderful financial success. She sold a lot of uh, uh, great things. They had rose petals all over the place uh, that were done you know, earlier in the day. For, I think it was 4,000 rose petals. Each of them individually picked off of roses. It was phenomenal. It was a great event. Uh, if you're in the New York area, definitely stop in at Flagship and check them out. You definitely want to take advantage of the True Love beer. It's, it's in stores. You can get it at the brewery direct on Minthorn Street. It was delicious. 
I uh, had a great time, and I was glad I bought some cans uh, to take home. So what a wonderful, wonderful event that took place on Staten Island uh, a week ago. When we come back, after a short break, the next two segments, John Fladung, Coastal Brew Works, he's going to join me direct from Bradley Brew Project. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, all those other great places. Listen, we're on Alexa, Odyssey, iHeart, we're all over the place. And, of course, you check out the hoppedupnetwork.com. Check that out a few minutes after the show ends on uh, Monday mornings. And you can download and listen to the podcast version of this particular program at your leisure. Now, my next guests, we're coming to you from the Bradley Brew Project. But we're not actually talking to the Bradley Brew Project owners, no. We're talking to two guys who are in the midst of getting ready to open up another brewery in New Jersey. And this is pretty cool. Uh, It's going to be in Monmouth County. It's going to be opening up sometime this year. They're hoping to get beer out even sooner than that. We'll get into all the details in just a second. But with me right now sitting at the table as we share a couple of beers on a Thursday afternoon, John Flanung, Mike Potensky. Welcome, gentlemen. How are we doing? How's it going? All right. So Coastal Brew Works is the name of the brewery. Correct. You guys batted around a bunch of different names, I am sure. Yes. I know when we last spoke over at Source uh, about, I don't know, it was probably about a month ago or so. About that, yeah. Um, you guys had looked at a couple of different logos and things like that. Why did you come up with the name Coastal Brew Works? Oh, geez. Well, we, <laughs> as you said, we went back and forth with uh, a ton of names. Right. Um, and then we, uh, you know, something, something to do with... Uh, the ocean. Uh, Matt uh, can speak more to his uh, experience in uh, in the ocean uh, category there. Right. Um, but also, we're going to be in Monmouth County and uh, near the shore. Okay. Um, not too not too far at all uh, away from the uh, beach. So something to do with that was what we were going for. And out of a bunch of names, you know, coastal kept coming back, and uh, and we really liked it. And we did a couple of searches, and and there really wasn't. I mean, there's coastal. Karma Brewing in right. Florida, and then you know a couple other things. Um, but there was no coastal brewing per se, or for that matter, coastal brew works. Uh, so we decided and switch it up instead of just coastal brewing company, coastal brew works. Because at this point now, I mean, with over nine thousand breweries in the United States, it's kind of difficult to come up with a name yeah. that somebody hasn't already used, or maybe an, uh, an older so, name of a brewery so that's been out of business. There, there is a coastal brewing, right? But it's uh, some guy in Iceland. Oh. Bought the website in like 2012 or something. Yeah, Ten years and, ago, and he sat on it. And he's holding and on to it. I don't even think, think, you know, if you do a Google search, you can't find it. He never so, opened okay. it. Up, yeah. So he never actually opened. But, but uh, you know, I, I like the concept of brew works just to kind of set you apart a little bit. Everyone's brewing, everyone's this brewing, that right. brewing. So, you know. And obviously, Coastal, because yeah. for those who don't know, Matt is a prolific photographer who takes mm-hmm. pictures all around the world, amazing oceanscapes, and to name a few. I mean, obviously, you've done. Other I mean, stuff I, as well, but I the ocean started, is your my, thing. my first career was actually as a marine biologist. Okay. So I basically ran around the world in a bathing suit and jumped in the water with sharks. That's really what I did. That's that awesome. That was my job description. I was a shark biologist. Very, very difficult job. Yeah. 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 I would think. Yeah. I would think. But, you know, yeah, it, it's the word, co- you know, coastal is nice because, again, I can use some of that background and use some themes from ocean life or things like that, right. and some of the names of our beers and things like that. So, uh, you know, I just like the whole concept. And, and cool. again, I spent a lot of time in tropical places, right. things like that, underwater. So, 
Coastal is a good place to be. There you go. Now, the brewery, obviously, as we said, going to be in Monmouth County. Yep. Can we name the town? Can we name, like, a location, or are we still... That's kind of top we, secret we, right we now. Can, we, we will probably be announcing the town by April 1st. Okay. But um, it's going to be in Monmouth County. Uh, we know where it's going to be, but we'll announce the town once. Uh, okay. But not too far not too far from some beach in Monmouth County. Oh, no. Let's put it that within, way. within four or five miles of the beach. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Okay. So sort of along the lines of, uh, of Last Wave... In, in Point Pleasant, where they're in the center of Point Pleasant, but they're not directly on the beach. A little bit further out than that, but okay. but not. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, let's put it this way: we'll, we'll be we'll be no more than one town away from a beach town. Gotcha. All right. right. Now, Matt, this next question, I'm dripping with sarcasm on this one. <laughs> First beer out of the shoot, a hazy IPA, right? Like everybody else is doing. You know what? You kind of you just kind of got to do it. So um, <laughs> you got you got you got to be able to actually, you got to be able to put the light put the lights on, let alone yeah, keep the yeah, lights yeah, on. Right. So. so we we will be uh, contract brewing um, while we build out the uh, brewery, sort of so, like what Ross is doing. Exactly, okay. very similar. You know, just again to get the name out, to get some product on the shelves. A um, couple of the beers that we're going to have as our core beers. So um, the first beer that we're going to put out is going to be a five percent hazy uh, IPA. Okay. Um, Calling it building sandcastles, again keeping with again some of the coastal type theme. Right, I like um, it. The one that we are going to put out first is going to have sabro and motaka in it, um, so kind of the coconut lime flavors, uh, which you know I think is a good combo. Um, we may rotate the hops in that one, so we may put that out a number of times, but in different may, versions, with different, different hops. Building with sandcastles with whatever the hop, whatever yeah, hop, with other two hop combinations. Um, okay, and then we will probably do uh, hazy, you know, double dry hop, double IPA. Right. After that, so. but a lot of the styles that you like to do, Matt, are more traditional type of styles. Stuff that you know, people wouldn't necessarily. I mean, I've done, yeah, I've done, I've done a lot of Belgian beer. That's that's right. really my favorite thing is to do Belgian beer. Um, I wish I could open like a Belgian only brewery in New Jersey. I just don't. I don't think that would economically be a great. Only right. gang comes to New Jersey is not ready <laughs> right. to happen unless you hit the Powerball and you, you got know. money to burn, and then right. you yeah. say, "All right, so, you, you know, know why not?" It's, we will have, you know, some again, some beers to keep the uh, the lights on, and, and we'll have some beers that are fun. And yeah, yeah. I will definitely do some Belgians, and we'll do some little bit wacky stuff. Uh, I've done a lot of mushroom beers and things like that. Right. Uh, we're not making huge batches of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it should be interesting when people when we have the tasting room open and people come, they will have you know some of the cores that they might recognize from buying off the the shelves, and then they'll have a couple lines where it's going to be you know one off stuff, experimental, experimental stuff that maybe if somebody that, likes it, you, know, you guys might want to keep it on for yeah, a little while exactly. longer or something. Exactly. All right. Talking with John Flatung and Matt Patensky, they are the co-owners of a new brewery that's going to be opening in Monmouth County sometime this year. We cannot reveal the town yet. Stay tuned for April, but it'll be very close to the beach. For more information, go to their website, coastalbrewworks.com. You can also go uh, follow their Instagram page, which I believe is Coastal Brewworks. Coastal Brewworks. All right, Coastal Brewworks. They're all over the place. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. We're actually here at the Bradley Brew Project uh, doing this interview. Enjoying some very tasty beers. The boys have uh, uh, the uh, Doppelbach that's on tap. I'm actually drinking the John Pilsner, which is very good. Now, we'll get more into the beers in just a second, but um, some guys who have opened up a brewery have used investors and other things. I assume that you have those. Are you going to be engaging in any sort of crowdfunding in order to get things moving, or is it strictly an investor-based uh, business? Well, you can't really use uh, crowdfunding directly to open a brewery. You can use it to finance your merchandise uh, venture into you know stuff like that mm. for, for certain things, but you can't actually use funds from uh, from a crowdsourcing um, 
directly to open uh, a brewery in New Jersey. Right. Uh, you can okay. do it in other states, you can't do it in New Jersey. But uh, no, we actually have a third partner. Um, his name is uh, Jim Healy. Okay. And he is he's our financial guy. Gotcha. Um, and uh, he will. Uh, he will, he he's he's handling the books. He'll be the CFO, if you will. So okay. uh, he's orchestrating any of the uh, uh, all of the money that has to come in uh, for the uh, you know to build out the brewery. Right. <laughs> exactly. So now, it can go out. So it can. So, yeah. And, so it can go out. All right. So, and speaking of the brewery, how big a barrel system are you going to start with? Uh, well, we want to order two brew houses, but just again with supply chain issues and everything sure. else going on, um, we are trying to get a three and a half barrel system ordered ASAP. Okay. Um, which we hope to get in before the end of the year, and then a fifteen barrel system to follow. Gotcha. So, so the build out is going to be. You're going to have something big enough that's going to be able to support that and be able to expand if you have to. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Because I think that's the biggest thing that some people do. They start to build a brewery. They have a specific you know, vision in mind, and then all of a sudden, things start to progress very quickly, and they, they realize, we don't have enough space for all of this. We right. need to build, you know. So that's that's the other thing. Now, well, we, we do plan on, you know, distri- distributing our own beer at right. some point. That's going to be on the 15-barrel system. That'll be doing a lot of our core beers, gotcha. a lot of the beers that we're going to sell. And then, you know, even once we kind of move main production from the 3.5-barrel system to the 15-barrel system, we're still going to have that 3.5-barrel system to, again, make cool one-off stuff, probably just for the tasting room or things okay. like that. And again, as, as uh, we've mentioned at the beginning of this, um, the guys are going to be contract brewing out with somebody to get things moving, to get cans out there, to get the beer out there to people so that people know, hey, these guys are coming and they're going to be coming soon and this is what, what the beer tastes like. But Matt, let me ask you, you do work with Melvino Meadery. Yes, I do. Um, is there any thought, and I know it's an early stage kind of thing, but is there any thought to talk with Sergio and say, hey, maybe we can do something together where mead meets beer or some type of... Yeah, I mean, you know, there's definitely the... Um, potential for like some kind of collaboration i mean again it's uh you have to deal with the new jersey abc and certain legalities and such so it's it's you know we can do something um he's not allowed to have grain of any kind right there at melavino right so we could do um something that's you know a braggot is still technically a mead it should be 51 percent honey and then malt but um in modern Craft brewing, you know, a braggot is a style where as long as there, there could be a large percentage of honey in the mall. So, you know, we could talk to him about potentially doing some kind of quote-unquote braggot where uh, it's a heavily honeyed beer. Right. So it'll have a little bit of an edge of some meat characteristics, but, you know, the malt will still be kind of the main thing. And that's obviously something for when you open the brewery. You don't want to yeah. do that with a contract brewer. You want to do that when you're actually at your facility and able to control the whole process. The majority of our beers that we're going to do while we're, while we're contracting are our flagships. I mean, we, we may venture into one or two other uh, beers here and there, but primarily it's going to be our flagship beers. And um, how, many, how many flagship beers have you, like had in mind to start with the contract brew out first we're gonna we're gonna start with the five flagship beers but okay. we're actually going to brew only four of them with the contract and we're gonna keep one one of them I'll let Matt speak to because it's uh, that <laughs> but the, uh, the the other four flagship beers we're gonna do uh, on a rotation with the contract so what's the so the the four that we're gonna probably do on a rotation um, are gonna be again the five percent New England pale ale the double uh, Double New dry England, double, yeah, dry double dry hop, New England Pale Ale. Um, that's going to be about eight and a half percent ABV. Then we're going to do a Hef, a German style Hef. Nice. We're going to do a coffee porter. 
So what we'll probably do is we'll probably do Hayes, Hayes, and one of the other two, Hayes, Hayes, and then one of, you know, the other one that we didn't do. Um, once we start brewing at the actual brewery, I do plan on having the fifth core beer be um, a Belgian uh, Patters beer. It's like uh, basically an Abbey single. So, you know, it's basically like if the monks, you know, had a lawnmower beer to kick back and, you know, something about... 4.2% alcohol with some nice ester profile in the finish. Um, we will probably, probably do some lagers, uh, you know, with contract brewing as well. But uh, even once we start brewing on our own system, we'll probably still keep the lagers mainly for just distribution, not actually in-house. Okay. Um, just because, again, in terms of tank residence time yeah. and things like that, until we're fully ready to take that on ourselves, gotcha. you know, we'll probably still do some lagers and things okay. like that. Sounds good. All right, let's take a quick break here. We're here at Bradley Brew Project. We're with John Flatung and Matt Potensky, the co-owners of Coastal Brew Works. That's going to be opening in Monmouth County coming up sometime this year, they hope. I know the beer is going to be out this year, whether or not they get the actual building and stuff up and running. That's another thing because there are a lot of other issues to deal with there. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back right after this on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. It's time for part two of our interview with John Flatung and Matt Potensky. They are the co-owners of Coastal Brew Works. going to be opening in Monmouth County sometime this year. They're going to be brewing beer as soon as they possibly can to get it out there uh, to everybody. Much like what Ross Brewing is doing, and I have to say... Ross has done a very effective job, even though they don't have a physical place to to host, you know, beer events and actually pour their beer. They do a great job of getting their name awareness and profile out there, and I'm sure that John and Matt are going to be doing the exact same thing. But I have to ask, CoastalBrewWorks.com is the website for more information, but John, Matt, either one of you can speak to this. We've got so much stuff with COVID going on, mm-hmm. and I've spoken to a number of different uh, people who are trying to open breweries whether they've opened it during the pandemic or just trying to open open a brewery uh, during the pandemic why is now the right time to open a brewery well I'll, I'll start and you can continue <laughs> afterwards yeah. uh, both of us can actually speak to it well um, like for one instance I actually host a, uh, a craft beer podcast right. on uh, on Tuesday night right the lager guys the lager right? room guys the lager room guys you've been on the show yes I have uh, and of course uh, I don't remember the name because <laughs> <laughs> But in any event, um, we've had a number of uh, guests on the show over the last couple of years that have actually opened during uh, the pandemic, right. and they said it actually, they, they found, um, while they did find some obstacles that would not have been there, obviously, you know. If there was no pandemic. No pandemic, they actually have found certain things to be a little bit, you know, easier going because, you know, um, some paperwork wants to get through, whether it's the town, mm-hmm. the town wants, you know, certain towns want to, uh, um, you know, get a little bit more... Um, uh, generate a little bit more interest of people coming in or whatever because they haven't had a lot of business. Right, they haven't had a lot of tax rateable. Tax so they, right, exactly. So, um, so in that respect, it, it's been a little easier. So, um, is there are there obstacles that weren't there? You know, with no pan, are there with no pandemic? Of course not. But, mm. um, uh, but the uh, you know the whole gist of it is that you know there those things we just got to keep an eye out for. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, the beer industry really is one of the few industries, and I'm not talking about now, you know, in this, you know, pseudo-post-pandemic world we're in right, right. now, but, um, you know. Well, the governor is talking about, the governor, Governor Murphy is talking about, we're moving into the endemic phase of, of the right. pandemic, and maybe that's true, and maybe it's not, who knows, there may be another wave that, that ends up coming along, sure. I, I, it's just, just to devote all those finances, and that time, and that sweat, and then to have roadblocks be put up, 
that's got to be that has to be weighing on both of your minds. It, it, yeah. it, it definitely does weigh weigh on our minds. But the one thing that uh, again, one thing that I was about was saying that the um, uh, all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic, the beer industry, you know, other than maybe the first couple of weeks, was one of the few industries that actually did flourish. Yep. Um, during uh, the early days of the pandemic, if you will, because uh, you know, beer and liquor was considered an essential business right. and uh, you know a lot more you know breweries that were in existence already did have to uh, switch the uh, you know switch their focus switch their game plan so to right. speak their business model uh, a lot more obviously uh, to go stuff and, mm-hmm. and canning obviously a lot more off-prem locations for liquor stores and so forth right. but but they they actually did in doing so um, they actually were able to flourish during the time so uh, you know there are a lot of things that are weighing on our minds about it but again it's stuff that we can you know deal with I think okay Matt well, I mean, again, like I mentioned in the first part, is you know, the big thing that you have to deal with is supply chain issues. And, and so, you know, you just have to really have a solid plan and, a, 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 you know, a long-term plan and try to see, you know, and order things or do whatever you need to do early enough that it's not really going to hold you up. Right. Um, you know, and that's, that's the world we live in. Um, but it, on the other side, the flip side of the coin is that, you know, Certain things are going to move slow, and you can really take your time and look at all the details and do things really well. Right. Because you're not, all, everything isn't just falling into your lap at once. And right. You know, you're going to be able to systematically do little things because it's going to take a while before other things happen. Right. So, you know, it, it, it's it's a blessing and a curse in some ways, you right. know. And there, there are other things that, in terms of the beer industry, that aren't necessarily even roadblocks from the pandemic, for instance. You know, it's... Um, forest fires, things like that. You yep. know, the, the the grain had a really poor um, harvest last year. Mm-hmm. You know, grain prices up are, are up about thirty percent now. Right. Um, so you know, there there are always challenges like that. But can prices because everybody yeah. and their mother in the last two years has been canning more yeah. than they ever have before. Right. So the can prices are a hell of a lot higher than they ever were. You know. Right. And that's a big that that is obviously a big issue for you guys because you're just starting to get into it. And if yeah. you don't have a canning line to start, you're relying on somebody else. There's an aluminum price that you have to deal with that's way more than what it was two years ago at the start of the pandemic. You know, even kegs, you know, keg yeah. prices have gone up like thirty percent. Right. So it's, it's it's a little crazy, but it's you know at some point too. I hate to say it, there will be there will have to be a reactionary thing, and like beer prices will go up. Right. You know, exactly. beer prices what what used to be eighteen dollars for a four pack is now going to be twenty dollars for a four pack. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, and we're seeing that we're already. In, we're in a little bit of a Mexican standoff, I think, mm-hmm. with that, because nobody wants to be the first guy to do it. But, but, but I think but once it starts, it. everyone's going to have to yeah. do but, it, because it just, it, you're going to have to. Agreed, and I do think that we're seeing that right now. We're starting to see that increment, that increase in prices. But what I think the good thing about New Jersey is that there's a lot of potential in which brewers have barely scratched the surface on what they can do yeah. uh, in the state. Now, part of that is all the restrictions over the years, yeah. but I think we're finally starting to see things open up in a more positive way. I think that the legislature is looking at your business in a more positive way. Do you think that the pandemic has changed people's perceptions on how breweries can help and not hurt a community? Uh, I, I, I do, actually. I think they, I think they have seen um, a lot of good come out of it, and I don't just mean... Good beer, right? No, no. <laughs> but um, a lot of good come out of it because a lot of breweries do give back to the community. They're good stewards of the community, mm-hmm. and um, uh, also coupled with the fact that um, like even Governor Murphy had announced um, brewery trails 
Uh, right. He wants to, he spoke with the Board of Tourism and he wants to establish brewery trails throughout the state of New Jersey. Which Jersey's. seems to, be, right now, in the short term, it seems to be a bit of a success. The Skylands Brew Trail has been very successful for mm. people, so it's a good thing. And and right where, right right smack dab in the middle where we're opening up, we're, we're in the middle of, uh, you know, between Monmouth and Ocean Counties, those two counties are the highest concentration of breweries in the entire state. Right. So, and that's not a, that's, for some businesses that might be a bad thing. But for the beer business, that's actually a good thing. Sure. You know, that's a great thing. And I always say it's, it's co-opetition. It's not competition. It's no. Co-opetition. I, I never look at the brewery it's, business as being competition. Because all. all of you guys, are, even though you're all reaching into the same pile, you all have different things that you offer. And that's the one thing that people, hey, we can go from, you know, from Source to Icarus to, you know, just keep, you know, moving down along the trail. Sure. Just exactly. to, to visit different things, and with with Uber and Lyft and all this other stuff, it's not as if somebody's getting behind a car or after they've had you know five beers and you know they're driving to the next brewery. Exactly. So that's a good I mean, within, thing. Within within about a, a twenty five minute drive of us, I think there's going to be about fourteen or fifteen other breweries. Wow! So it's you know it's I feel like it's going to be a place where a lot of people are going to congregate there and do little. They might, might hit four, five, six breweries in a day, right? And try a bunch of. And we're we're kind of somewhat centrally located in that whole sphere of where all those places are. So, right. I mean, it's not a bad place to be. All right, last question from me. We're talking with John Flatung and Matt Potensky. They're co-owners of Coastal Brew Works. Go to coastalbrewworks.com. That's the website for more information. Uh, they're going to be opening up this year at some point. They're going to be getting the beer out. Hopefully by the summertime, I would love to see some beer uh, might, being cranked maybe, out. We might have beer out by April. Maybe, right. maybe earlier than that. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that works that's, for me. Right now, that's what we're working towards. So. Matt, first question, uh, I'm the last question for you to start. In all the years you've been doing the beer thing, what's the one thing you want to see changed in this state, if anything comes to mind? Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> I know you. I know you got a laundry list, but yeah. what's the one thing that's the most important for you? I mean, I just think that um, they really. You know, I don't want to get into the whole messiness yeah. of liquor licenses right. and all that, but it, but it's again, I think that bars and restaurants and breweries need to work together more than against each other. Mm-hmm. And, one of the big things with that is, is again, uh, it's just the taste room experience. And, you know, we are not allowed to serve food, and I'm fine with that as a brewery. Right. But, you know, if I want to have a TV and it's a Sunday afternoon and there just happens to be football on or something, I don't, you know, or you're only allowed to have a TV that's X amount of inches right. across. Like, some of the rules are just so arbitrary. It's, it's, it's like, just let it. I'm a, I'm a fan of almost like say yes or no. As like opposed you, if, to setting if, rules. If you're telling yeah. me I can have a TV, then whatever I decide to put on that TV goes. You gotcha. know what I mean? It, it's just little things. It's it's minutiae that doesn't make sense. And okay. it's, you know, it's common sense should rule at some level. And like I said, uh, you know, if we know about a great restaurant somewhere near us, we're going to point people there, especially if it's a place that has our beer on tap. Right. You know, so it's one of those things where it's more of cooperation. And, you know, it, it's... It's, the rules shouldn't have like kind of be putting it as an us versus them with restaurants and bars and breweries. And Understood. You know that's a big issue, and, and we will have to figure out some kind of resolution that works for everyone. Okay, John, uh, he stole my thunder, hundred uh, percent. Um, yeah, I won't speak to the liquor license issues and everything else. And, and there seems to be a little reform coming, but I mean, it's it, it's going to take a very long time if that does even actually start to occur. Right. But but the bottom line is, he's absolutely right. The, um, restaurants and breweries need to work together. And it's not so much, in my uh, in my experience, that the breweries don't want to work with the restaurants. You know, And there are a lot of restaurants, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of restaurants and bars out there that actually do work with the breweries. Sure. Um, and and they, don't, they don't have a problem with it. It's, it's some of the, you know, other ones that actually do dictate to the lobbyists and, and, and they're writing law because of it. But again, I won't get into that the, uh, any further. The... Um, there should be 
I mean, let, let, let's let's call it what it is, right? If if you have people sitting in the tap room enjoying beer and, and it's completely fine to do, why can't they? Shouldn't they be enjoying some food with it? You know, shouldn't there be a certain amount of food they eat with that? I they mean, should, so, but, you know? but then I think you get into a whole other. You and know, not necessarily provided by the brewery, mind you. Okay, but you know, just somewhere. Yeah, you know, there are ways to obviously they can they can bring food in. Right. They can order food and get food in, whatever. I mean, there, there are certain ways to do that. But um, I don't expect there to be a change where it's like New York, right? You can have a restaurant in your brewery. No, right. that's not what I'm talking about. Maybe that's down the road, maybe 30 years, who knows. But it's not right now, and it's not even that. But have a food truck on your premises yeah, is yeah, not a bad thing. That's what I was have right. one that you can truck. actually contract with and have a food sure. truck outside on your premises. And, right now. and again, that food truck has to have some kind of permit to, for that right. specific town right. and everything. So, you know, they're contributing... To, to the, the local, tax rate, right. To the taxes and everything like that. You know, everything has to be a board. You know, you can't just have someone show up with like a hot right. card exactly. and open up. But if it's a legit business that has all the right paperwork, you know, why can't they park on the edge of our parking lot and, and throw some food around? 100%. You know what I mean? I agree 100%. Guys, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for coming down to Bradley Brew Project. I'm glad we were able to, you know, work this out. We were all able to meet up. Success on the brewery. I cannot wait Thank to try you. the beers. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a good time with this. I can't wait to have you try the beers. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Up next, time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. If I ever lose my faith in you, solo from Sting, uh, what was this? This was the Ten Summoners Tales album, and I love Sting in concert. He is phenomenal. If you haven't got a chance to see him, you should definitely go see him. But he's another one of these artists that have sold their catalog to a record company, whatever. Um, and I think the trend that why we're seeing this is we're seeing these artists they don't make their money on album sales anymore. Uh, it's it's downloads. You know, somebody downloads a single, a track, or this or that. There are very few people that download, you know, albums to the point where it, it it's profitable, right? There's a segment that does, but for the most part, people say, oh, I like that song. They download the, 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 the single. They download this single, that single. This is a way for artists to make a large sum of money in a very short period of time. And let's face it, a lot of these people that have sold their catalogs, they're getting long in the tooth. They're getting up there. They want to have a little nest egg. It's why you're seeing people like, you know, Bob Dylan and, um, you know, Sting and, and other artists who have sold their catalog and are looking to profit from it. They can still make money doing concerts. They can still make money doing other things. But in terms of, you know, putting music out, new music out, I mean, when was the last time Sting put something out? You know what I mean? When was the last time some of these artists put anything out there uh, that says, okay, you know, I, I want to go and get that. It's a I, I think it's a smart move for these artists. Anyway, I digress. Um, let us dive into Suds and Duds. Got a plethora of different beers uh, to talk about. First up, Hop Horizon IPA. That's from Trogues. Uh, they sent me this. Uh, this is a part of their hop series. 
a sort of uh, seasonal hop, uh, so, uh, you know, sort of uh, brew. They'll be doing different things. Solid, juicy IPA. Trogues makes some great beer. I think they're. I think they sometimes get overlooked, especially in areas where there's a lot of really good local beer. I think people forget about Trogues. Trogues is a solid, solid beer company. Almost everything they make is very good. It's stuff that definitely, if you if I see it on tap, you want to you want to have it because it's that good, um, you know. And it's it's evidenced by a lot of the stuff that they put out. Nugget Nectar, for instance, a, a lot of stuff. They make great beers, and uh, kudos to them uh, for putting out another solid uh, hazy IPA. Had a chance to stop at Killsboro, actually Craft House, which is where Killsboro is located right now until they open up their tap room. Um, but uh, was on Staten Island for an event at Flagship that I had discussed earlier in the show. Uh, for true love, and I decided to have dinner at Craft House because it's literally right up the street from Flagship, and I love the food in there. If you like barbecue, great place for barbecue. The the uh, brisket sandwich that I had was phenomenal. Caramelized onions, barbecue sauce, and big, thick pieces of brisket. Oh, tremendous. Anyway, stopped in, had a couple of uh, uh, beers over there. The Kilsner is the first one that I had, a well-done German-style Pilsner. Uh, they're really killing it with the Pilsner uh, uh, the Pilsner's Lagers, uh, it's just phenomenal. Sean and his guys do such a great job. So that was a great beer, the uh, the Kilsner from Killsboro. Um, you know what? There were two other beers that I had there, and <clears throat> for some reason I forgot to check them in. I don't know why. Maybe because I couldn't find them on Untapped. Well, <clears throat> I had two other Pilsners while I was there, and they were all excellent. Uh, the three Pilsners that I had there were fantastic. And then I ended up taking home... Uh, a couple of different beers from them. First one up is the Capicola, which that's what Americans say, but for us Italians, it's Cabagool. And uh, that's what was on the can, which was really cool. Fantastic Pilsner. Bright, crisp, delicious. Loved it a lot. Um, Excellent beer. Really um, a a delicious, delicious brew. And again, like I said, uh, what these guys do there uh, are phenomenal. Had another one from them. We'll get to that in a couple of in in a, in a few moments. But I then made a trip over to Wet Ticket over the weekend because they released their test ticket again. Their tastes like summer mango, and when they put out the first batch last week, I didn't get it uh, the week before. I didn't get a chance to taste it. It kicked really quick, so they made another version. Um, I think they just they tweaked it with a little bit more mango. But we'll get to that in a second. So Kim was one of the bartenders there. She had a can of um, a triple dry hopped uh, other half beer. And she said, hey, you want to split this with me? Fantastic. Kim, great job. These guys knock it out of the park all the time. It's a collab between other half and Sand City. Uh, it was so good. Uh, just, I, I, I don't know what it is that they do with their IPAs that just make them, They t- this was a, a oat, more heavily oated instead of lactose. And I think maybe that's what it is. The lactose after a while just kind of gets to me if you drink too many of them. But the oat, version phenomenal it's just a great beer and then she ended up giving me a um a collab between other half the veil and omnipolo that i took home berry cotton candy soft serve sour oh oh my god creamy smooth slightly sour a little bit of sweetness like all the elements of kind of that type of beer that i want thick you know just really rich and delicious fantastic collab it was excellent. Now, the other beer that I got from Killsboro that I brought home was the Megalodon. I was looking for a stout, but not a pastry. So this is more of an imperial stout. 
Uh, nice chocolate flavor, flavor, a little caramel, a little brown sugar. Um, not overwhelmingly, you know, knock you off your, uh, your so- knock you out of your socks. Uh, right there at about eight percent, just exactly where I wanted it to be. An excellent beer, uh, poured great, had that nice rich taste, and was nice to be able to uh, enjoy it over a period of time and allow it uh, to warm up. So that's always good. Uh, then I had the uh, when I was at Wet Ticket, the taste like the Tropics Mango Wheat Ale. Now, here's what I like about this beer. Nice hit of mango on the nose. The flavor really comes through. I, I, I got mango throughout, which is sort of in, akin to the um, taste like uh, summer watermelon beer, right, uh, that Wet Ticket does. That watermelon really stands out while you're drinking that beer. And while I felt like the watermelon, for me, I could have one or two, and then I'm, I'm good after that, the mango version of this I could drink this all day long. Nice and low ABV, under 5%. That mango really gives you that summery feel. It's a refreshing beer. It's something that you can enjoy over and over and over again. It's delicious. Tim, you knocked it out of the park with this one. Cannot wait for this to be in cans come the summertime because this is definitely, for me, it's definitely a summer staple without a doubt. As we continue on here in our Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. The True Love collab uh, that came out from Flagship Brewing, uh, off with there, and uh, Kill Van Cull, delicious. A nice, bitter session IPA. It pours a little hazy, but it is it definitely has that bitter bite. If you're looking for something, lower alcohol, but still have that bitterness that you want out of an IPA, this is the beer. I would, ma- I would say this is more West Coast than East Coast. Um, be- just because it has that bitterness to it and that component that I really like. Uh, so uh, well done. Love the collab. I had such a great time at the event. Um, it was a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm, glad, that I, uh, I'm glad that I was able to stop by. Now, uh, the, one of the other beers are actually, yeah, well, let's see. What, how many beers did Kim give me? She gave me three. I had two. Uh, the second beer that she gave me uh, to take home, Cranberry Pomegranate Margarita Goza. This is by Dewey Beer Company down in Delaware. What a banging beer. The, the cranberry and pomegranate were perfect. I didn't really get, um, you know, in that goza, you kind of get that salt element. I didn't really get that. I didn't get that margarita kind of flavor that I was looking for. I wanted that little bit of that, that kiss of salt. Didn't really get it here, but really, really nice for, a, again, another, you know, gozas are usually low ABV, somewhere around 5 6%. Just a great beer uh, to sit back and relax on a Super Bowl Sunday. It was it was really, really tasty. And then finally I finished it off with a Venetian pills from Source Brewing. The what they did with this beer, and you know, listen, over the past two years, I've talked, you know, so much about Source. Um, you know, they've been a sponsor of the show. We're looking to get them back on the show again uh, as a sponsor because they do such a great job uh, down there. Route 34 in beautiful Colts Neck, New Jersey. They have another place in Fishtown where they serve food down there. Uh, phenomenal. Definitely take the trip. Well worth it. But what they did with this Venetian Pills, I wish I bought two more six-packs of this. It is so clear and crisp. It has that, that perfect, it's just a perfect beer that if you want to sit around with your friends and have four or five, you know, for whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're watching football, golf, whatever. I won't even say baseball because at this point, who knows if this is even going to be a baseball season. But it's just so crisp and clear. It's delicious. It's a great beer. They do a wonderful job with all of their beers. And I am very impressed with what Source does. But this, this one, 
just really knocked it out of the park for me. It's so good, I could drink it over and over and over again. And if you haven't had a chance to get down to the farm, you should. Because it's, it's a great experience when the weather is nice. Uh, it is beautiful to sit outside and enjoy a beer and just kind of, you know, take a deep breath, breathe in that, that nice air, and just relax. It's a great place. Definitely check it out. You will not be disappointed. And the farmhouse itself is gorgeous as well. So don't be uh, discouraged if the weather isn't nice. Go down there and sit inside. You will not be disappointed. Folks, my thanks to everybody involved in the show, including my guest, John Flatung of the new Coastal Brew Works, which will be opening soon in Monmouth County. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.